Welcome to Replant Boot Camp, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters. With your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart, here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Stick around to the end of the podcast for a special offer from 180 for Replant Boot Camp podcast listeners only. Replant Bootcamp back again, still in Jackson, Missouri. We had so much fun with Evan last time. We made him stick around to do one more. Not just to do one more. He actually had a really good question That's right. that he brought up offline, and we decided to capitalize off that for your benefit and do another episode with Evan addressing his question. Yeah, so I'm um, just going to be real vulnerable with you guys. Um, so the question I'm c- uh, coming with is, what do you do when a members meeting blows up in your face? And I'm assuming I'm not the only guy who's ever experienced that. Mm. I got a few I could tell you about. Yeah. yeah. I think two specific things with that is one, how do you react in the moment when it happens? Yeah. And then what are some preventative measures that you can do so that that doesn't happen often? Gosh, there's a number of things you can do. I, th- I think, first of all, realize that it's not the end of the world hmm. if, if something goes wrong in the business meeting. Because that's that'd be like going into any relationship. Think about it, your family, like getting into marriage going. And then don't we all do this when we go to marriage? Oh, we're perfectly compatible. Right. Like, right. we're never going to have any conflict. Like, but a, we're in love. Yes. If a I couple, get those couples yeah. that don't mm-hmm. get what we get. If a couple comes to, to uh, my wife and I, they want to do premarital counseling. Like, we'll intentionally try to make them have a fight. Yeah, in order to help them get to deeper intimacy, and that's really what's going on in your in your family meeting, your business meeting. Like the church folks are feeling like it can be honest with where they are in reaction to whatever it is that yeah has become the focal point of the conflict. So, one, I, I think just expect that to happen, and don't be surprised by it, and don't feel like you're a failure if that happens. There's some things you can do to lessen that. We'll get to those in a second, but I think the first thing is is try to keep your composure. One of the things that you might see uh, from time to time is somebody's involved in customer service and they've just got a bad, angry customer and they're just screaming and yelling at them and that person's just staying composed. Mm -hmm. And I think you just gotta keep your composure and not let them hook you emotionally because most of the time, dysfunctional people want to hook you emotionally and they, they, they know how to win that battle. Mm-hmm. But if you stay composed in, in a, a very crisis kind of situation, that's what you need to do. Yeah. And I think you're talking composed not just in not yelling back, but also <laughs> not in despair, shrinking like a wounded dog. Yeah, like, yes. like going crawling under the table during the business meeting or simply just going, I'm leaving the oh, room. Oh, I considered it. Yeah. I considered just walking out before. Yeah. I just thought... You know what? I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> See, yeah, mine, mine's the opposite. I want to cry. In the yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So keep your composure um, as best you can. And, and just, I think one of the ways is preparing, uh, being prayed up and anticipating that some things, you know, everybody's got an agenda item that they introduce one time at a family meeting or business meeting that they know is a little bit risky and a little bit volatile. Yeah. So just kind of buckle up. And, yep. uh Anticipate that you what what all those things might be that that might cause uh, some conflict. For me, man, I was never able to anticipate. Right, I always thought I anticipated, mm-hmm. and so I'll give you a great example. In one family meeting, one family meeting, I proposed. Now I'd done a lot of the preventative measures we're going to talk about, right? And so I proposed three pretty big things: uh, changing the choir room to a kids area, okay. selling the organ to buy drums. 
and having way way, way that that can be a big that can be a big one that can though, be huge yes. that can be huge and having not just a, selling the organ not just selling the selling organ, organ for the purpose drums. of buying drums was there a cage that you were also going to like a, a no we did we did elect we did electrical okay um so that we All can right. control the volume flock of seagulls drums yeah mm-hmm. the other one was have a female worship leader okay all three of those proposed in one meeting now I'd done all the preventive stuff we're going to talk about so all of those go very smoothly until one lady says, so what are we going to do with the choir robes? I'm about to say out loud, we'll just store them until we can figure out what to do. But a young lady that had been serving at our church in the music ministry just goes, just throw them away. (laughs) And it was like, I mean, you can't see me because this is a podcast, but imagine like pulling the pen out of the grenade and just lobbing it. It was one lady responded, that'd be like ripping my right arm off. Oh my goodness. I mean, it just like. Had you used the choir robes in a while? Never. So (laughs) it escalates to the point that like when things are ridiculous, I can't help but laugh. (laughs) Like it got ridiculous. And so I just start laughing and everybody's like, what are you laughing about? Everybody's yelling. And I just let said, guys, you didn't even give me a chance to answer the question. You asked the question and then it just blew up. Well, store the choir robes until we can figure out that's another meeting let's not derail everything else over what we're going to do with choir robes but yeah i mean look i you can anticipate all you want man sure but sometimes things are just gonna be surprise yeah yeah be surprised blow ups so you have to kind of keep your composure uh you know there, there are things that happen to us all the time and there are moments when maybe we're in a good place as a replanter and we can keep our composure and there are other moments when, when we can't so it might be one of those where it might be helpful to have somebody who's like a co-moderator or co-facilitator who can kind of you got yeah. a wingman to draft off a little bit. So, yeah. but let's say something blows up. I think one of the, one of the, the great things to do is to most of the time people run from conflict and flee from it. But if you can walk towards the person, yep. and just get close, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're in compo- if you're in a composed you know frame of mind and your emotions are in jack, that sort of thing. Just move towards the person because I want to think it communicates. I'm not afraid of this. But I'm also caring about you. So by by move towards the person, you mean in a compassionate... In a slow, calm, moderate (laughs) manner. Just just move over, you know, and and just put a hand on the table or on the shoulder or something. But, I mean, you got to be careful um, in in that because if you're dealing with somebody that's agitated, you know, that's it. So you you got to be wise in that. One of the things I've heard you say, Bob, is confront public sin publicly is, is that the phrase you, uh, you? I, I what i would say is can you confront public misbehavior publicly mm-hmm. yeah public right. misbehavior mm-hmm. confront it publicly yeah so what's typically true in uh, a, a replant a church that's been in decline for some time is the business meetings can be contentious and people if the church is going to act mis in a misbehaving sort of way in an unchristlike way it's going to be the, in the business meeting mm-hmm. yeah right yeah and so let's say you've got deacon named old bill and old Bill is just known as a grumpy old guy. And so everybody for years has just said, oh, well, you know, that's old Bill. Like old Bill might say something crazy. You right. Know? And so I was actually a youth pastor in a uh, church in, in Texas. And I was in a, a room of about 50 deacons in this larger church. That was a 128-year-old church that acted 128 years old. And the the cell phone company in our area had had approached us to to purchase a, a plot of ground out behind our rec center that none of us ever saw or went to. They were going to put a cell phone tower there and then give the residual income right. to the church. 
Well, one of the deacons publicly, just a gripey old guy, he said, well, I think the staff's getting kickbacks on this, <laughs> right? And I was like, as youth pastor, I'm thinking, well, man, that might be kind of good if I got it, like, I get a free song. <laughs> like, yeah, like, you're like well, that was sounds that, like a good idea. Was that an option? <laughs> I was like, that's a great idea, right? Then I saw our, our um, the, the pastor that was in charge of presenting this, and I mean, an, ac- an accusation had been made in front of the deacon body. And I just saw him kind of fold under that and just kind of went on. And so that kind of set in my mind, like, in, in this culture, it's okay for our deacons to, like, yep. question motives and then speculate in public. And so I think you really have to watch that and say, look, yeah. if someone's paused right now, hey, old Bill, you know, I wouldn't call him old Bill, but just say, yeah. you know, Bill, I appreciate your, your concern, but... Hey, the way we need to talk to each other is is the way that Scripture informs us to to talk to each other, and we're not going to assume motives or speculate. We're going to believe uh, the best from one another and trust one another. So, yeah. Um, would you like to rephrase that? Right, and he might not rephrase it, but say, "Hey, can you? Here's what I think you're trying to say." And yeah. and so you're instructing people on how to act appropriately, and you're calling out that misbehavior. Because if you don't do that. What what it sets the case of? It's okay to act this way. Yeah. Or I wouldn't act like that, but no, this pastor's not going to take on old Bill, so right. it's just the same old same old. You just really got to address that publicly. So you address public misbehavior publicly, and I I think one of the things this is where emotional intelligence. We talk a lot about this being a huge factor for replanters. You've got to know when somebody when you're when you're stepping into a conflict situation, what's my physical demeanor look like? Mm-hmm. What's happening inside of me emotionally? What is my greatest fear at this time? Yeah. And then you also have to be able to listen to the tone of your voice as you're responding. Yep. And and there's some there's some times when I've responded and I did not respond well. I, I remember we had this um, one older adult lady and and she was just she's kind of an unhappy lady and everything was she just sort of always say something to, to, to be unhappy. She made a, a comment of, of some sort about things not being you know, rosy at the church or whatever. And I just, I, I, I just not, did not handle it well. And it, I said, you know, rosy, like, is that our stand? And I didn't say it as nice as I'm saying it now, but I'm like, well, when did rosiness become our standard? Right. <laughs> and this is not about being rosy. This is about like, we need to do what God calls us to do. And then I think I made some other s- statements, you know, kind of big statements. And then I remember holding the bylaws in one hand and the, the business meeting agenda and the bylaws and the, the Bible. And I was like, we're not going to, we're going to be a church that holds the bylaws above the Bible. Right. Right. And so I just kind of had lost it at that point in yeah. time. Yeah. And she, she was, a. I was frustrated with her. She was a cranky old lady. Yeah. Everybody knew she was cranky. And all she was ever was cranky. And at that point, I, I just had lost it. So I think what, you've got to really understand, how am I coming across? Yeah. And if you can't say anything good in that moment, you may just have to push the pause button yeah. and, and go, hey, I'm going to need to turn this over to Adam. Like I had a, a great, gracious guy named Adam, and he, yeah. could, he could diffuse in most situations. I might have just said, Adam, can you, I need you to... Can you lead this section? I need to take a break here. Mm. And it's okay to call that public, publicly yeah. and do that to, to rather than to do damage. Yeah, I think what you guys are both confirming is there. So many, many, I think would, and I'd love your guys's feedback on this as well. Because business meetings or members meetings do blow up. Yeah, some respond by saying we're never having anyone talk in public other than the approved leadership right. again. So they respond, and, and, there, and there's can be differing opinions on this. Yeah. But I think, speaking to what you guys are saying, 
there's something even there's an opportunity in the conflict that we we can minimize. Yes. That something is happening in the midst of that conflict if it's handled in a healthy way that cannot happen in any other context. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to so most of us in our families we didn't we were not taught how to handle conflict very well. Uh, in particular because we we're so close to each other there was a lot of emotion and it wasn't just that conflict it was the conflicts that we've been saving up for a while. Yeah. And so that's really what you're getting into. Yeah. Is you're getting into conflicts that have been saved up for a while and they just kind of explode onto the scene and you're like, "Wow, that's like a thousand watts for a 40 watt problem." Right. right. And so you you just kind of how do we do that? So mo- you're right, modeling how to handle that well and resolve that well and just to say, "Hey, um, this is really hard for us. And I think acknowledging it, right, right there, say, you know, there's just a lot of tension in the room over this topic right now, yeah. over this subject. And you know what? We, we might need to call, kind of take a breath and pause. Yeah. And maybe we need to set this aside and talk about it at another time. I think you can't let things get out of hand. Things are out of hand. You're, you're wasting your time and you're walking in the flesh and you're not walking in the spirit and you're not going to get anything done. Personally, I have a conviction that you, you've got to let people have a voice. Yeah. Not everything has to go before a vote. I think most things don't really need to go before a vote. But that doesn't mean that you can't. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like when we when we position ourselves to not allow open questions. And, and I understand. I understand the thought process behind, like, well, here are your declared opportunities to ask questions. But the problem with that is the majority of church members based on research are introverts and are not going to take that initiative to come to that declared time and space to give that question. And so at some point, somebody might ask a question that there's like 10 other people that have that question, but they're just never going to voice it. And so when someone else voices it, it's like their question got asked. And so now they get to get an answer. And so I, I just think, and I think it gives you pastoral capital with them to go like, hey, I genuinely care about your thoughts in this process and your question and I want you to understand like I, if you if it's not on if it's not clear I want to make sure we're clear about things but yeah I think there there's a real value in giving people a voice but just figuring out how to do that without and they're experiencing in that meeting if it's done healthily and that's unfortunately rare right um, can be uh, either because a mess going on and within us or with um, out um, among among mm-hmm. um, our churches, um, but when it's handled well and reconciliation takes place, where we work through difficulty and conflict together, they're experiencing what we mean when we say we're a new family. That is explained by the yep. gospel. Yep. We're putting on display what it means to, to be brothers and sisters united under one father and a great older brother who sacrificed himself for us. And yeah. this is, yeah. and uh, and then I think. Instructing people about what appropriate questions are and just like, here's how we ask questions. You know, we, we see this all the time in, in our current media situation where there's just been in, in <clears throat> everywhere. There's such a hostility. So we're, you're making a statement. You're not asking a question. Right. 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 Yeah. So, yeah. And, and we see this all the time. And it happens in churches. Is that called pulling a cow beerman? <laughs> so check YouTube, Kyle Beerman, Southern Baptist Convention. What was that, Dallas? Uh, I think it was Dallas. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Dallas, all right. So Kyle, Kyle's a great colleague. He's on the replay, replanter development. He's on the replanter. He had a great podcast as well. Yeah, he did. Not as good as ours, but yes. a good podcast. <laughs> but people will say, you know, that they'll just make a statement that's disguised as a question. Yes, yeah. And so we're... That the offensive part of that interaction is the statement and the passive aggressiveness, and so I think you just gotta have to you have to help people learn how to talk to one another. And one of the things you said is is some people they're introverts and so they don't want to say anything publicly. 
I'm just wondering, do, do we have three or five cards where, hey, if you got a question, yeah, uh, can you just submit that and we'll pass those up front? Or you know, here's a you know, yeah. non identifying text number, or here's the e- elder's email or the, the leader's email, and here's how yeah. you can do that. I think we've got to give people some multiple avenues to ask a question, and maybe we'll get better questions or questions that may be written in such a way that they may not come across right, but we can at least have some time to wrestle with them and kind of understand the content. Yeah, and so I got a dozen stories I could share with you of like when it blew up and there was no good ending. But I can at least tell you one time that somebody blew up and I got to see a really good ending. And that was a lady who just expressed a lot of anger and frustration. And it was it was pointed very directly at me with some accusations of sinfulness in it. It was just inappropriately aggressive. Now, I'm a pretty thick-skinned guy. And so you're not. It's gonna be hard for you to hurt my feelings as far as that goes. I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. The problem for me was in the pew right in front of her was my wife and oh, my yeah. children. Oh yeah. And and I couldn't. I could not address it very well right then without getting really defensive. And I called her and I said, Hey, I had to schedule a time to come by your house and and talk to you about this. And I just man, I, I really prayed. Got prayed up. And I made sure I was walking in the spirit before I ever got there. I had prayer warriors praying for me and got to the house. First thing I did is I just said, listen, obviously there's some things that are really upsetting to you. I really think a lot of it is stuff that you're not understanding as as much as it is. It's not, it's, I don't even think it's what you think it is. And so what I'd like to do is I'd like to just have an opportunity for you to just express all your frustrations and concerns to me and let me talk those through with you and see if we can't come to a better understanding. And so that's the way I approached it first. And I let her get everything out. I answered all of her questions. Mm -hmm. And then I said, do you have any more questions? Mm -hmm. And she said, no, I think I've got a better understanding. Thank you for doing that. And I made sure I resolved all that first. And then I said, because I I realized I was fairly new, younger than her like grandson. uh, And so I just said, hey, can I have your permission to speak to you with some pastoral authority for a moment? Now, I had earned that because for the last 30 minutes, I just let her vent and ask questions. And, and so I just said, and she said yes. And I said, listen, the way you spoke to me in that family meeting was inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was just not a good example. But here was my biggest issue is my wife and my kids were sitting right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pastor's kids end up not loving the church because of moments like that. And so I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to allow that to happen again in front of my wife and my kids. But I'll do this, what we just did, any day you want. Yeah, that's good. Any day you want me to come by your house and we can discuss all day. You can come by the office, whatever you want to do, and, and we'll discuss anything you want to discuss at any point. I'm telling I'm not shutting down communication. I'm just telling you it won't happen like that again. And that lady to this day is one of my most ardent supporters. That's mm, great. She'd take a bullet for me if I asked her to now. And a lot of it, I think, came from that day at her dinner table. So what do we do now? How, how, do, we, how do we move forward in these meetings in a way that is not going to land us in this position again? Dude, if you're going to a business meeting and you know you've got some contentiousness likely break, break out, like, here's what I want. Here's what I'm suggesting you do. Like, celebrate your victories. Like, yeah. Get pictures mm-hmm. of, like, okay, we have this children's event or we have this community outreach or, look, the, the, the four years – all you know, redecorated or whatever it is, or we cleaned up the weeds or whatever we did, or right. we threw away the robes, you know, whatever we did, um, and and celebrate that, praise the people, tie that to vision, yeah. Have some of the people who participated in that share those stories. Mm, that's good. Cast that vision, show forward progress, and then tie that into scripture, like the, the biblical basis of why your church exists and how what you're doing 
uh, is intersecting with the gospel and the proclamation of the gospel, mm-hmm. people coming to Christ, that sort of thing. Um, and then pray together in celebration of all that God has done. And then after you've done all those things, then have your business meeting. Yeah. Then yeah. have the agenda items. But put all of that celebration <laughs> beforehand. And that's one thing's in, in a replant situation, revitalization situation, man, we do not celebrate enough. And, no. And we we think that everything's bad and wrong and mm-hmm. but there's some really good things to celebrate. Yeah. And and we need to figure out ways to celebrate those things. Yeah, I think one of the things I've found that has been a good preventative measure is is kind of slow walking it with some thought leaders before I ever get to that meeting. And so the really, if, if I've ever got an idea in my mind, which I've always got a lot of ideas in my mind, but I ever start really taking one seriously and thinking I'm going to go somewhere with it, I've learned, man, go to some of those thought leaders. And by thought leaders, I don't mean the people that always agree with you. I, I mean... Influencers. Influencers, right? The people that people are going to listen to, the people that are going to speak up, the people that you know. If I present an idea, who's going to ask the question? Man, go to those people and and I just go, hey, listen, here's something I was thinking about doing. I was thinking about chainsawing through a 30-foot pew. (laughs) Theoretically. Theoretically. Episode three. Episode three. Uh, so, no, you, so you go and you say, hey, here's an idea I'm thinking about. Um, what what are your thoughts on this? A couple of wins you get with that is, is one, it, it gives them that voice mm-hmm. in, on an individual basis. And then two, uh, it allows them to go ahead and ask questions. And i found at times they're going to ask questions that you have not anticipated. Yeah. Right? Because you always want to go and you always yeah. want to answer the questions before they get asked. Sometimes you're not, you can't even, you don't even know what the question would be. And here's, here's, here's the kicker, Replanner. Listen. They might be right, mm-hmm. right? They may be more right than you hear, mm-hmm. right? So there are times I've brought ideas to thought leaders, and it never made it to the meeting because it didn't need to. Yeah. So, so when I say this, it can't be a formality, right? It's not just like I'm going to run it by this guy just so he doesn't blow up in the meeting. No, like they've got a good perspective sometimes, and it's going to be a very helpful thing for you to hear. Or, or they're going to make it better. They're going to take your good idea and they go, "Oh, well, what if you did this?" And they're going to make that idea way better mm-hmm. because none of us is smart as as all of us, right? Yeah. So, so I think there's a good benefit there to running it by that thought leader, seeing how they react to it. I think one of the things that's been helpful, don't always model it well, but even in that, after you've given them a, a chance to voice and hear the concerns, yeah. is in that to say, you know, the concerns you voice, you're probably not the only one who experiences these. You're yep. probably not the only one who's going to have a hard time with this decision. How can, how can you help me to yeah. help these people? Mm-hmm. And inviting them to become an advocate for for this, if you really do believe, not in a, in a manipulative way, yeah. but um, allowing them to even giving them a, a dignity as a brother and sister to yep. be a positive um, part of this. This may sound like just a really simple uh, suggestion, but yeah. I think it's, it's helpful, is eat, eat dinner together, share mm-hmm. a meal together. I really like that. Before you have... Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we shifted, our business meetings used to be like at nighttime once a month, and you know it was just, everybody shows up, there's nothing, to, we, it's like cold start business, all right, here we yep. go, business, right? <laughs> And and it was just it felt awkward and but no we moved them to to uh, you know quarterly and so we we share a meal together the kids are there there's conversation there's connection and so there's just this it's a family thing and I think combined that is we changed our uh, the name of the meeting from business meeting to family meeting like a yeah. family gathering yeah right? and mm-hmm. and so that's really helped us recast what this is it's it's not and and I think. This is a structure thing and a, and a philosophy thing. But most of the time, declining churches have long focused on the members doing the administration of ministry. 
mm-hmm. through business meetings, mm-hmm. but not engaging in ministry through being sent out yeah. to serve. And so what we've got is a bunch of cranky administrators who really are kind of bored with church and frustrated by, you know, all the craziness that goes on in terms of just, you know, the things we get upset about. Yeah. But if, if we were helping them focus on ministry and celebrating ministry in the members' meetings or the family meetings, it would just totally change the complexion of, yeah. of those gatherings. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's about doing the ministry and we're equipping them to do the ministry that God's called us to in our communities. It helps them. It relieves the burden of administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're running out of time. But one last thing I want to do, say is uh, if you can, one of the things I've done is teach our people the importance of operating within the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I we, we had a several contentious meetings for a while and it just hit me, man, that what we're doing, uh, replanting a dying church, lead, really leading any church, right? What we believe ecclesiologically about the church being the bride of Christ and led by the spirit and sanctification is the goal. That can't be done when we're walking in the flesh. And so if you read Galatians 5 and it talks about fits of anger and divisions and dissensions, and then you realize those things aren't going to lead us to spirit-led decisions. They're going to lead us to flesh-led decisions, which is what kills churches. So if we want to see a church vibrant in the Holy Spirit, we've got to walk in the Holy Spirit. So I, I took a family meeting after we'd had several contentious ones. And I taught through that. And I taught through the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I just said, this is how we're going to operate. Mm-hmm. And if we fail to operate in that way, I'm shutting the meeting down. Mm-hmm. And the next meeting, sure enough, it got contentious, and I shut it down just to let them know, like, look, we're not doing this. We're done. We're just not going to, like, I just made it real. We're just not going to operate this way. And I made it very clear. Again, I'm not shutting down communication. We will open lines of communication. You can always call me. You can always set an appointment with me. But in these meetings, when we gather, we will operate the Spirit. Now, I love a lot of things you said, just to summarize, that would have been, I think would help us lead in the spirit better if we're starting with celebration, we're starting with prayer, we're starting with a meal together. We're, those things, even more than preaching on the fruit of the spirit, probably would help us walk in the spirit as we we'd make it more of a spiritual thing than a strategic thing. I hope this episode has been helpful to you guys, listeners. We, as always, would love to hear your questions and concerns or thoughts and send those in to us so that we can better serve you. We've always wanted this podcast to be a listener-driven podcast. We want to know what you want to hear, and we want to be able to serve you as you lead in the gritty and glorious work of replanting churches. Absolutely. We've got to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. Does your church need a new website or logo? 180 is the ministry partner you need to help move your church forward. They've been working with churches and businesses for over 10 years and have solutions for churches both big and small. They also offer support options to help you run your website. Go to 180digital.com to learn more. They still have a special offer of 20% off of any website or branding project if you just mention Replant Bootcamp.